When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. It's the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. I'm Nate Bauer. I'm going to be joined by Sean Fitz today. We're talking really all things Penn State sports, Penn State football, and a little dice uh, dose, not dice, of Penn State basketball uh, here on the mailbag edition of the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. Words are so hard. I feel like you were strong for a little while there. Yeah. That one was just a train wreck. So you said yeah. addition twice in four words. You just I know. Kind of, you know, put in the wrong words. But luckily, in this show, we've got people telling us the words in the form of questions. So we got that going for us, which is nice. nice. Uh, nice. We're going to talk Penn State football. Not a ton going on right now, of course, with recruiting. The dead period is in full effect. No visitors, no off-campus uh, recruiting or anything like that. Penn State is on winter in its winter workouts at this point. Um, that's kind of the focus right now. And, you know, it's tough because there's no, like, winners and losers in winter workouts. It's all competition. It's it's very hard. Like, I, I don't know if you caught uh, Adam Brenneman was interviewing Zay Flowers from Boston College. And he was like, what are you going to miss the, the least from college football? And it's it's winter workouts. Those things suck. I mean, they look terrible. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we, we, we glean what we can from that. There's some stuff on the site. Uh, check out the site, Blue White Illustrated. Um, and check out uh, our all of our pages, our YouTube, our social pages. Like this uh, video, subscribe. I think we're getting inching closer to 10,000 subscribers. So thank you guys for joining us in the ride. We've got plenty of good stuff to come this off season, and uh, the, the mailbag has made itself uh, a fixture here through uh, throughout the, uh, Fe- the the February month. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, as T. Frank tells us uh, behind the boards here, we need 14 more people to subscribe. He, he better be behind the boards today. He's wearing that Utah quarter zip. So oh, my. No, no no, regard whatsoever for the Rose Bowl champions. So he, sorry, yeah. T. Frank, we ratted you out. Um, but uh, you're the ones that you're the, you're the one that supplied these questions and got everything organized. So we won't take it too hard on you for that one. That's that's exactly right. Uh, and I'm going to plug myself here. Penn State basketball is still happening. There is a glimmer of hope for the Nittany Lions. So if you are even marginally paying attention, uh, Penn State plays again on Saturday night. So uh, definitely keep with me, keep with us for all of that information. That said, we don't want to waste your time. We're going to get right into this. There's uh, There are mailbag questions that have been submitted, and we are here to answer them. Yes, we did it. That was no great. names in the graphic this week, which is fine That's... because I'd rather have no names than have the wrong names. So, but it was that was nice. I like that. Enjoyed that. We did it. We did it. Thank you, T. Frank. Uh, let's go. Let's get right into it. We, we've got a question. I don't. You know, you never know how to pronounce these names, but 
Ho Mad W1978, who is a longtime subscriber of Blue White Illustrated and actually provides a ton of insights on our message board. Uh, huge shout out to you. I think your name is Howard. Uh, in any case, in looking at our 2023 defense, meaning Penn State, which position group do you and Nate see as the strength of the defense for next year? Uh, I'll go with with defensive end. I think this is a great group in terms of potential and and also returning production. Adisa and Chop at the end kind of give you the same thing on each side. They're going to miss Nick Tarburton this year, uh, holding up against the run. But uh, you hope that Denied Dennis Sutton, Amin Vanover can get in there. Smith Vilbert, obviously a wild card, and uh, you've got uh, you've got a bunch to work with. A very talented group, and I guess when you when you take a look at all these position groups, you do have sort of a give and take as far as what you're worried about, like where they might come up short. But defensive end is probably the spot where you just feel strongest. I think it's a really good group. I think John Scott's done a great job. Deion Barnes has done a great job in getting these guys where they need to be. I think Chop Robinson can still take another step. I mean, he was so disruptive over the latter portion of the 2022 season. I think there's still more of that growth in him. Um, again, they're going to have to figure out uh, what they do against uh, Michigan when they try to get the ball run down their throat uh, or when Michigan tries to run the ball down their throat. But I, I really like defensive end. I think they've got a ton of talent and that rotation, um, you know, the deeper it gets, the the, the better off they're going to be. This is kind of interesting because if I think that you could probably poke holes in just about every group defensively, as well as argue that some of the better players on the field will be contained at each position group. Right. I mean, if I'm like, I still see that even though they lost Joey Porter, uh, the cornerbacks are still going to be stacked. I mean, I, I love uh, Kalen King, right. I mean, I just, I think he's uh, phenomenal and arguably had as good or better of a season than Joey did. Uh, so the cornerbacks would be a place, well, especially with the addition of storm duck. I think that's uh, a, a talented group. Johnny Dixon's still there like that that stands out to me. I don't think that safety is necessarily going to take as big of a step back as you might think. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, a, I guess it's a possibility, but when you have young talent, the way that I think that they do in, in Jalen Reed and obviously Zaki Wheatley, you know, you could have a, a real firm kind of foundation there in your starting two pieces, potentially along with Keaton Ellis, depending on what happens there. Uh, to, to go with on that back end of the defense. Yeah, not worried about talent back there. I think they've got a ton of talent. Um, you mentioned Reed, Ellis, and um, Zaki Wheatley, but also K.J. Winston, I think, is going to come into his own and and make a run for for that job. And that, that's that's four you feel good about. And, you know, it used to be when you, use, when you lose your stud, um, you know, you'd be kind of scrambling around. I think they're okay at that point. You're going to miss a lot of the things that, that Tig Brown was able to do. And we talked about that on the live show last night because he was just so versatile, could do really anything you wanted him to do on the field. Um, but uh, I think that they have the talent to back it up. And credit Anthony Poindexter. That's a room that he has molded, and that's why they're in this situation. You lost Brisker, and you were asking those same questions, and then Tig steps in. It's kind of who's next at this point, and that's a that's a really good spot to be in. I will say one guy I forgot there um, at defensive end, Zariah Fisher, another wild yep. card because – that guy's not supposed to be back or wasn't supposed to be back. And then he came back and, and did a, a serviceable job. Got some, um, got some real game reps in there. So I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on that group. I, the whole defense really like you, you're right. There's, there's questions, but yeah. no, but I'm saying position by position, there's questions, but you feel pretty good about the talent level at least. 
um, at, at pretty much every spot. And to be honest with you, what you said about corner is true because you're going to have to find out Johnny Dixon and Storm Duck because Kalen King is going to get the treatment that Joey Porter got this year and that nobody threw at him. So yep. um, that's a good group. It, it, and and you, we always leave Daquan Hardy out of it, but that's a good group. And I, I you know, you could make a, an argument outside of defensive tackle and, and Mike Linebacker that, you know, any of these spots could be really strong because we didn't even talk about outside linebacker, Curtis Jacobs and, and Abdul Carter are pretty good too. Yeah. It's always just funny, you know, name the strength and predictably, I always Here are say six of them. Yes. Everyone, everyone. I like everyone. They're great. Uh, moving on, moving on uh, to MRMK5110. Shout out to him or her. Ryan wrote a great article about Caden Saunders the other day, and Caden talked about some of the growing pains that he had in his first year. Uh, for the 22 class of 22 freshmen who did not have an on-field impact during the season, who can you tell has been making some early progress or impact through the February workouts? Well, he, he ruined the punchline by putting uh, Caleb Artis in the uh, in the parentheses there. He obviously read our piece last week um, about how Artis is progressing. And, that, and that's an interesting one to me because you have such a big need, maybe not this year at defensive tackle because you have bodies, you have athletes there. But moving forward, I think Caleb Artis is an important piece in there. We, we focus so much on Zane Durant. Uh, from that class of 2022 coming in, playing right away, artists, the exact opposite came in a little banged up. Um, you know, it was kind of on and off there for a while, but he seemed to make some strides. And and when I reached out to people last week, you know, who's kind of surprised so far, Caleb Artis was one of the guys that, that popped up that, you know, would be a surprise to most people because he, he hasn't played. I think he got in one or two games, but he hasn't been a fixture. He hasn't been a guy that we thought was on the verge of breaking through or anything like that. But Six four three fifteen. You look at that room, and what they're missing is a big guy like PJ that was in there at three hundred twenty-five pounds. So, um, can he be that guy right away? I, I, you know, tend to lean no at this point for twenty twenty-three. But it's yeah. encouraging for for twenty twenty-four and beyond that you can find a, a guy that can fill that role. Yeah, and I'll you know you, you go with who you wrote, and I'll go with who I wrote, which is Keon Wiley, just as a guy who probably did not get a ton of attention last year through the course of the season, but ended up being named uh, one of the you know, like co-developmental team defensive players of the year with Jake Wilson. Um, you know, here's a guy who could have helped probably and would have helped if the situation demanded it, but it didn't. And so, uh, you know, they were able to preserve his red shirt uh, last year and yet he was still able to, to um, to get some experience there towards in November, and also really had uh, I think as you you may have mentioned sort of a radical uh, body transformation. He's a guy who put on some weight uh, through his first year in the program. Yeah, he's at two twenty three right now, self reported. He says he can play around two twenty five. That to me tells me that Will is probably a better fit than Mike, where he played this year. And plus, you've got Tamir Robinson coming in. Of course, you've got. Uh, guys coming into every spot in that freshman class, but uh, he's a good football player, always has been a good football player. They used him off the edge at Imatep, and that was a transition that he had to make to play in traffic, to play Mike. Um, but it seemed like he he came on at the end of the year and did some did some nice things, at least on the developmental squad. I still think he's got to get bigger. You know, he's got to he's going to get lost in some some of that traffic playing at 223. But he is still just on the back end of his freshman year. So Wiley's interesting. I think he's a guy that you look to to fill some of those special teams lanes um, in 2023. We'll see what happens. And I think the the wheel depth chart 
sets up a little bit better. I mean, you've got obviously a position battle in front of you at Mike with Tyler Elston and Kobe King, but then you've got Abdul Carter at the wheel and really not many other people there. You know, Curtis Jacobs can float and play both. Don DeLuca could probably play both, but that's a, you know, just from a, from a pen and paper standpoint, that's probably the quickest route to the field. Um, looking at these other redshirt freshmen, you mentioned Caden Saunders or Ryan wrote about Caden Saunders, very intrigued to see how he responds in the next year. It wasn't what he thought it was. And that's something that's hard for some people to process uh, for some freshmen to process, especially ones as talented as Saunders guys that come in, uh, all American top 100 guys, and it just doesn't click right off the bat. And you know, that's, that's, that's humbling for some guys. So I'm interested to see which direction it goes in there. Um, going down the list here, Makai Flowers and Anthony Ivy, a couple of guys that have been lumped together as Central Pennsylvania guys that, you know, did some nice things here and there uh, throughout their redshirt freshman year. Of course, Christian Driver switching to uh, receiver, the guy that I would circle just going down fur- further down the list. And, and we've talked about him a bunch, so it's not really a, a surprise, but Vega Ione. Uh, six four three thirty six, and just huge. I know you ran into Vega uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think it was. You know, I, I wouldn't suggest running into a guy that big, especially for a guy like you. Um, but he's gonna he's gonna compete. Um, there's there's spots to get reps there in the spring, and he's going to out of this entire group probably see the most reps out of out of anybody at his position group. Well, it's it, it's such an interesting class, just given the fact that there were so many who right. did play right? Who had as much of an impact as they did. Moving on. Uh, another one back to back MRMK five, one, one, zero ask. Oh, my heart's content. Uh, Do you want me to ask say, this? So you can go yeah, to the expert. Phase? Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. you read. Okay. You read. PS, PSU's basketball lineup will look a lot different next season. Which of the current sure. freshmen do you see most likely to step up for them next season based on what we have seen so far? I don't know anything about this, Nate. That's all you, this is your domain. Oh, I love it. And here, and I'm going to instantly curveball this for you, Mr. MK5110. It's based on, it's based on what we haven't seen so far. Uh, and to me, Jameel Brown is like ripe for moving into Jalen Pickett's role. Uh, right. It, so <laughs> it's, it, it sounds counterintuitive because you just really have not seen a ton of him. But the reason that you haven't seen a ton of him is because there's an all American who has to play 38, 40 minutes a game, basically at, at his position. Um, Kanye Clary has obviously stepped up and I think he's a great piece for them moving forward. Uh, Keba's going to be better next year. I mean, literally you just, you kind of go down through the list. Evan Mahaffey needs to, to defend a little bit better, but, uh, Jamil Brown is the guy who, to me, is most primed to surprise people in the sense that nobody really has any idea. You know, you, you just haven't seen a lot of him at all this year because there haven't been a ton of opportunities. And I think when that opportunity comes, he's a guy who's positioned well uh, to, to step into it and to play well. Do you think he's so. more apt than, uh, say, a portal entry to uh, or a portal addition to fill that role? I mean, because that's, that's that's a heck of a role, especially watching that guy go for 41 the other night. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly they will be back in the portal. You you would anticipate. I mean, they're losing a lot from this group that uh, that's moving on here. Miles Dredd's going to be gone. Pickett will be gone. Uh, you know, Cam Winter's going to be gone. Andrew Funk will definitely be gone. And you know, don't want to play spoiler here, but very likely Seth Lundy will be gone. Mikey Hen will be gone. So you got a a decent amount of guys to replace there uh, on top of the fact that 
you do have three players coming in in the class of 2023. So, yeah, it, I mean, uh, they will they will be active in the portal. I'm sure it's not going to be a huge undertaking. I don't think, but uh, I, I do anticipate that Jamil Brown's going to be a guy who, again, is, is somebody that people just don't really have not seen a lot of. There have been some questions about him, and I think it's it's simply a matter of time and place, and it, you know, not really even to his detriment. There is somebody in front of him who he can learn from, and he can play behind, uh, you know, practice, you name it, kind of get those growing pains out of the way at this stage in his career. Moving on. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm a a big Jameel Brown advocate. Uh, LaFennec Fox asks, is the wide receiver room on the verge of a running back room of 2022 path? Hmm where we had a really deep crowded room and then suddenly older guys who aren't starting leave and it hollows out for good or bad. Interesting. Uh, what do you got Fitz? That, that's not really at like a running back 2022 situation. That's a skill position in today's college football situation. Like that's kind of what you're looking with. You got guys that establish themselves and then you've got young guys that come in and eventually beat them out. And uh, you know, that I think that's, that's healthy in the long run, but you've got to figure out a way to balance it because you, you, you don't want to end the year with two running backs as Penn state did in the uh, 2022 season. So I don't think they're quite there. Um, you know, you, I think a lot of the the older guys have already thinned out. I mean, J- Jaden Dotton left. Uh, you've got Parker, Parker Washington moved on, obviously, for different reasons. Um, but you still feel it, it, it's, a, it's a weird makeup of a room because you still feel like some of these guys are young. Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace. You feel like these some of these guys are young, even though they've played a decent amount of football. Then you've got Cephas coming through there, Malik McLean coming through there. I don't see it as a situation that like where someone like a Nick Singleton is going to take over and, and just, or, or Katron Allen is going to take over and put a stranglehold on that room. I don't know that those freshmen are quite there. And then they only sign one for Carmelo Taylor. So unless I'm missing the point of the question uh, completely, I, I don't think that's a situation where you, where you have that because you went to the portal, you're bringing in experienced guys. You've got a lot of reps for Trey Wallace this year. You've got, um, Keandre Lambert Smith, who you hope can take the, the jump and be the number one guy uh, that he's capable of. So I, I, I don't really see that situation, but that's kind of how things have moved with, with college football recently in that, uh, the portal is there and that's prevalent, um, not just for guys who get passed up, but guys who might see themselves or see writing on the wall getting passed up. So I think that the receiver room, the more I think about it, um, is, is fairly healthy, but you've got to figure out if those guys can be as consistent catching the ball as the guys are leaving. Tinsley, very good at that. Parker Washington, very good at that. We hear great things on Malik McLean in terms of testing and things like that, but can he catch the ball? I mean, if he can't, that's an issue because you've already got that guy in in, in Malik Mega um, that can do all those things athletically, but hasn't been able to catch the ball consistently. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot to like there potentially, um, but at the same time, there's there's also still a lot to prove, and and that's fine. Like you 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 found yourself, or that room is much healthier right now, at least pending the addition of Dante Cephas in May, um, than it was to to start January or to at least coming out of the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and it it doesn't seem. It, it doesn't see, at least in terms of a parallel with the running backs, I, I, you know, if you look through these guys who are entering their second year, it's not as though any of them came on so strongly as to like, hey, clear out the way. This is, 
this is my yeah. room now. That's you knew not, Singleton not... and, and Allen were coming. That's the thing. Like the it, yep. it would have to come out of nowhere for these young guys, or not nowhere, but that would have to come out of of somewhere else for these guys to uh, to push and be that guy. Yeah, no, they would they would they would just have, and you never know, right? I mean, it's it's uh, early in their careers, and some of these guys are just adjusting to the position for the first for the first time, specifically in Omari. So I think that you look at it with. Uh, th- there's plenty of reason for Penn State fans to have optimism about the receivers. It's just not, it's just not a, Hey, I mean, even looking back at like Saquon Barkley, right. There was such an overwhelming talent that it didn't really matter who else was in the room. It, he was right in Akeel Lynch's case. Like yeah. he was coming and he was going to take over. It, it just doesn't. I mean, this isn't that uh, at least not that I have seen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. John D. asks, actually, is two questions. We'll start with the football one. During the February dead period, can you give us an insight into what the day-to-day life is like for coaches in this period before spring ball? A lot of words with friends. Uh, are they prepping with advanced scouting for 23? Are they reviewing tape from 22? Are they tinkering with schemes based on projections with new personnel? Thanks. What do you got, Fitz? Yeah, they're doing a little bit of everything. Um, first and foremost, that you come off of the uh, January grind where you go on the road and you get some yeah. downtime. So some some of those meetings that you those seven a.m. staff meetings are now you know Zoom meetings and things like that. Guys get out and about and and do that that sort of thing. That's it's absolutely necessary coming off of that uh, or going into that dead period. Uh, it's a lot of recruiting, a lot of reshuffling of the board um, for the day-to-day stuff is re- reviewing tape. They have a big uh, recruiting staff now that they lean on and they trust. And it's just a matter of getting it up the chain, getting that film up the chain and then going out and, you know, offers being what they are now. There's, <laughs> they spend a lot of time on the phone offering guys. Um, so that's kind of the recruiting side of it. As I said, uh, just sort of reshuffling their boards to hit the ground running in March, trying to get guys on campus in spring, doing a lot of those conversations. Um, in terms of the football, uh, yeah, they're they're doing advanced scouting right now. They've they've got a ton of analysts that help them with with all that, um, reviewing tape from last year, making corrections and things like that. But a lot of those corrections get made in real time. Um, they of course are attending winter workouts, which is something you used to not be able to do. Then they changed the rule a few years back, and you can actually see your guys in action, which I think makes it makes a big difference. Spending uh, a certain amount of hours with your guys throughout the week um tinkering with schemes i mean that's all my in mike Yersich's head i i I'm, i don't number one <laughs> don't know what's going in mike on in mike Yersich's head and i don't want to know what's going on in mike Yersich's head that's his uh that's his thing to work with but yeah that's that's all kind of stuff that they cover throughout february as they come off the road get some downtime and then get right back into it by uh prepping for spring ball because spring ball is a month away like that's that's kind of how things work with uh with penn state you get back, you do the February dead period. You've got a week um, where you may get uh, guys from IMG that are on spring break or something like that coming through. You mean, you think back to 2020, Brock Bowers was the, the one that came in uh, and he was the last visitor, I think, that Penn State hosted before that, um, uh, before the pandemic. So you got that week in there. Then you go on spring break. Everybody gets spring break. Everybody needs spring break. And then you come right back and you get into spring practice. So there is downtime, but not much because you've got to be at it every day with uh, with the way recruiting is going now. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe fewer sixteen hour days at the office. Yeah, cut cut them down to fourteen. That's fine. Cut up, you know. Just anyway, uh, they're up early. Maybe... I can tell you for a fact they're up early and they're going at it. So um, <laughs> it's, uh, 
it's very hard to tell like coaches like their their rest and relaxation but the brain doesn't shut off these people are special cyborgs that uh really can't stop thinking about football and it's uh yeah. it's an illness but uh they do pretty well yeah. with it. they they dream in schematics and i i just i, I do think there's a like an efficiency question right and we've we've talked about this but it's so much of college coaching in a variety of sports really because i think this applies to basketball too is dreaming of what if you are literally playing out every possible scenario for every possible thing that you could possibly encounter during the course of the season during the course of a practice during the right like all of those plans it's just simply a matter of game theorying out every last detail and it applies to recruiting too i mean it's just it's so deeply involved in hypotheticals that is what interests me i think the most no, i agree it's uh as i said it's something you can't stop thinking about and it's uh it's tough man i i i, I kind of feel for those guys sometimes and then i look at yeah you know, the salary numbers are, are not available but uh you know they're, they're doing okay in that in that regard so it's tough. I mean, it, and and we're we're looking at more of an information business than a schematics type thing. So um, maybe that's a better question for someone else. Um, but there's there's stuff going on. It's not necessarily the headlines and the flashy stuff. But day to day life is uh, it's slowed down, but it, it never comes to a stop as a college coach. Yeah, you asked me the basketball question. Oh right, 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 basketball. Um, any word on how Demetrius Lilly, that's a tough word, a tough name to say is developing behind the scenes. Jameel Brown, you touched on how about him. Um, it was awesome seeing him get some run against Illinois in the first half, uh, this week. Not really, (laughs) not really. No, no, no real word, uh, is a guy who was a developmental project for Penn state in the first place. It doesn't mean that he's not developing. It's just, he's, he's not in a place where, um, you know, he can really contribute. And you've seen this even in the cases of a Dalian Johnson and a Caleb Dorsey of, you know, players who uh, you can only go so deep into the bench. And so Lily's not a guy who you're going to see at this point in the season, especially with as many really consequential games left on the schedule that they have. And yeah, like I said, uh, Jamil Brown. Yeah. He's, he's uh, on track as far as I know. Uh, coming along so moving on from basketball uh poncho 570 asks with kids starting oh boy with kids starting to pick their jersey numbers who is your pick to don the number zero jersey now that sutherland is moving on so the special teams ace who you got fitz yeah, that's a reminder. That's how they do it. It's been so long because John Sutherland was here forever. And then all of a sudden uh, you got to remember what the, the the parameters are for that number, the special teams ace. I'll be honest with you. Um, Dom DeLuca is one that jumps out. I don't know how attached he is to that 34. I know he wore nine in high school. So um, I don't know that 34 is ingrained in him, but like, you know, it's, it's kind of his brand right now. Um, so DeLuca from a special team standpoint is in there. I think um, an interesting one here, and I'm not going to stump for a long snapper to wear number zero, even though that would be amazing. Um, but Tyler Warren is an interesting one. And I and I think that uh, he's a guy that maybe not with the number zero conversation, but I could see him being a special teams captain. Uh, Stacy Collins 
was quick to point him out as one of the core guys for this unit. And you don't really think about that. You think about those guys running down and covering kicks and things like that. But Tyler Warren has been a guy that they've really, you know, leaned on in that room to, to bring everybody together. So um, those are two, I, I haven't put much thought into this one, to be honest with you. Um, we saw some new numbers this week. Jalen Reed's wearing number one, Liam Clifford's wearing number two, um, there's a couple of changes a little bit later. Um, Caden Wallace now wearing 73. So I can't wait to mess that one up in my head uh, when he gets out there in the spring. But uh, those are a couple of guys that, that I look to. Um, and really it's about uh, finding those leaders on, uh, on special yeah. teams. And I think those are a couple that, that make sense. Yeah. It just, I mean, it just takes you right back to the question of, of leadership and we talked about it and it, you know, it's a, it's such a like cliche kind of trite topic, but also one that exists, right, is who are the people that you're going to turn to? Who are the guys that this coaching staff can trust and, and feels uh, connected to in terms of setting the example that they want to set? Uh, and if you look across the board, it, it's not just it's not just as though, um, you know, the quarterback position is right. Like it's offense, defense and special teams every unit on the field has those questions to answer. And it's not to say that there aren't answers out there, that there are guys who can do it and who can fulfill it and who might even be naturals at it. They're just not obvious. They're just not obvious right now at this point in the year. So it's going to be yeah, interesting. Sutherland was an obvious choice when it happened. For sure. Like, there's there no question about it. Yep, for sure. So uh, last one, I think last one, Dave B9127 asks, who will be the Nittany Lion that improves their stock in the draft room the most with a good combine workout. Mm. Uh, who will do it or who can like uh, that, that? That's the big question is because I think Mitchell Tinsley has a ton to gain um, yep. from this con or from the combine from who as, as like a guy that needs to go out and show that he can put athleticism with the um, with his with his tape because um, he's obviously been very productive at a couple different schools and he was very good in the um, uh, the the two all-star games that he played with um, it's just a matter of going out and seeing does he run a four five or does he run a four six five you know I think that's the difference when you're talking about guys that are a little bit further down on the draft board in um, in uh, at the receiver position which is always so crowded I think he's a guy that could really help himself um, in the uh, in, in the combine and pro day settings yeah yeah, I'm I'm curious. I, I don't like PJ Mustafer will kill it in the interviews, right? right. Is he a guy who's going to stun you athletically? I I don't know. Um, you know, Juice Scrub like I I don't know. You look you look through these guys and the list and they have film that backs up what they've been able to do. I don't know how many of them are right is like where's Joey Porter at in terms of his physical rehabilitation? I've seen clips of him working out. It looks like he's back fine. and yeah. fine you know so maybe maybe but he's already projected to be such a high pick is he gonna is he gonna launch himself from 16 to 10 i don't i don't know right. yeah you're, you know? you're talking like you're, you're changing the game when you're talking about moving in the first round but like so like you and i would take tig brown like from seeing him for a couple of years here, we think he's a phenomenal player and everything like that. It's just a matter of like, how fast actually is he? Like, is he right. a guy that's, that's an elite athlete? Obviously you're following Brisker who, who has tested pretty well in the past. Um, like, is he that kind of athlete? 
And sometimes that's what you're up against. So I think, uh, you know, Brown is another guy to look to that can really, really help himself. Will he do it or not? I think he, he he's capable of it, but we didn't see him at the senior bowl. Uh, really no explanation on that one. So I think he's another guy that really can help himself with, uh, with NFL teams. Yeah. Str- Strange would be maybe the last one who I guess would I, have I a mean, shot. I make an argument for all these guys. Like it's, it's yeah, it, really. it, the I same mean, thing we did in the first of... in the opening was pick one. And we're going to tell you about all of them, but because Parker yeah. Washington coming off that injury, like, can he, can right. he run by the time the combine gets around? Like, is he, is he going to be able to do that? And that's going to be something that factors into his evaluation. So I mean, yeah. you can you can make it make it out for everybody, but you know, I think Brenton Strange is a good one. Um, his his best attribute is going to be his tape, and then we're going to see how he tests because he could test, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of ways. And this tight end group is really good, like really yeah. really good tight end group in the draft this year. So he's going to have that working against him. Um, so he's got to differentiate himself from the rest of the people in that group. They are running out of time. I just checked; it's February twenty eighth is when the combine starts in Indianapolis. So whatever work they're doing, all the, all of the pre combine prep, it is time. Time is quickly going to be here. And then honestly, it'll quickly be pro day as well at Penn state. So certainly leading, we are, we are in that space right before things happen. So uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. Fitz. anything to add. That's all the Not questions. Really. No, same, same pitch as before. Uh, check out our stuff on the site. Uh, plenty of stuff floating around, even though it is February. Uh, check us out. And of course, follow us here. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channels and such. Um, but no, I think that's, uh, I think that'll do it for, for this week. A reminder, get your uh, five-star reviews in on Apple podcasts. We will pull some from there and answer some of those questions next week. Hopefully we've got some, uh, some people that are ready to, uh, to talk about it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.